watching prohibition fall down. What up, guys? We got some grow talk coming at you. I don't have a coming at you shirt on, though. I actually have a coming at you t-shirt. Do you? I'm telling you, our boy P Thunder, he's he's looking for those t-shirt ideas. I got a clone only t-shirt coming for you, dude. <laughs> it's not, a classic. Am I clone only or am I not clone only? I don't know. I don't know. Kind of a clone of Yeah, there's a oh, oh, by dad, the way, maybe? dude, I got that book. Remember you were talking about that futurist guy? Mm-hmm. I got this book, and sure enough, he's talking about cutting off your arm and just growing a new one. Talking about cloning. <laughs> Stay healthy. Interesting. Interesting. Stay well, this show is going to be about grow talk, guys. We're going to talk about bud mold, adding CO2 with a timer, oh. as well as when to flush autoflower plants, and curing and mold. Those should not go together. They should not. <laughs> if we have time to get in it, what newts to add or nutrients? at the flower cycle during the flower period people always want to get creative when they see the plant pushing flowers and like how can i make this push more what can i add to my regimen you know it's prime time there are things that will add trichomes there are things that will add volume to trichomes there's a couple tricks let's get into them on top of that we'll be announcing the winner of the gorilla 5x5 grow tent during this show that is going to a lucky tgc member supporting this show listener supported at ten dollars a month Everybody has entered into these giveaways. That's a DGC member. Next month, we're doing a SK400 LED. I'm looking at as well as, go ahead. Sorry, I'm looking at, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but is this a real name or a fake name? This this guy's Gorilla Grow Tent winner. I can't tell. We'll, we'll debate that. But okay. before we do, uh, yeah, membership over on dudegrows.com on the homepage under support us. You can become a member at $10 a month, 30% off recharge, free seeds from Seeds Here Now, 30% off coupon code for use in the DGC outlet, which you haven't visited lately. Scotty's been expanding on. Yeah, got some from- mugs there. Got these mugs. I think it's only like two or three of them right now, which is, you know, it's collector's editions right now. So if you get one of these, you get one of five. With DGC street signs. Mm. That's what I mean. All of those. These are I, we got two or three with our name on them, and then another uh, three to give away. So that's just uh, putting. Did you call outlet. them collectors' items? You know what? We're taking the mammoth pea approach. Where we're gonna make a few things, and then they're gone. And if you got a, uh, if you got one of these from 2019, you might be an OG in 23. If you guys are already a member, just log in on the homepage and you can look at member-only deals while you're logged in and get all the details there. Much appreciated, DGC. Bringing it, keeping it real. Yeah. All right, let's keep it real. Let's see who's growing some dank. This is a show about growing dank. So we got DGC here over on dudegrows.com under Dank Nugs. All right, JB13. Kicking it, man. He was on a grower question the other show as well. This says, what's good, DDC? Another round of blueberry hitting the drying tent. Great smell. I chose to flush this baby with the hose, nice cold water to try and stress her, stress her to bring out some color as it grew in a perpetual harvest tent of autos. So I didn't want to drop the night temps for all the ladies. Y'all take care of more ma-fucking-love or <laughs> mother-fucking-love. Are we so getting- what he's trying to do... If you didn't catch that, I don't know what you guys think about it. So he's saying bring on a little bit of false stress by watering in the the plant with pretty cold water. Some people I know used to tell me, hey, man, you want to get your water, especially in Colorado. You know, maybe different in Florida, Scotty, but when water comes out the ground in Colorado, it's pretty chilly. 
Um, that being said, people used to tell me, let it come up to room temperature. You're going to slow down your plant's metabolism with cold water or the right. rhizosphere. What do you think about that? I've always known cold to slow things down. I know when it's cold outside, I ain't, I ain't working as fast as when it's warm. What do you, what do you think, Guru? It's a really quick way to root stress your plant. And I, I do know that one of the ways that you can stress test plants for hermaphroditism uh, is with like ice water, you'll water in ice water. Because if, if you think about it, the quickest way to chill almost the entire plant down is going to be get cold water in it through its roots. Sure. Um, but so, but do you agree with the move of do so typically during the growth period, don't do it if you don't have to use cold water, but at the end, do you like it as kind of like a, you know, falls coming? Let me no, try and get I'd, some color. I'd, I'd consider that instead of like a light stress on the plant, that's more of like a heavy stress on the plant, which I would want to avoid doing. What about at the very end? We were actually talking about this. We had the, had the what, the bro science versus no science. What was that called? What did we decide that segment was called? Bro science versus, the, or oh, the real cannabis, science? cannabis Mythbusters. Oh, Cannabis <laughs> Mythbusters. That's what we call it. We got probably 15 or 16 of them coming out, but they were asking, somebody asked a question about light stress, whether if you turn the lights off for 24 hours and just give the plant a little bit of stress right before it goes to flowering. And I think the answer, or one of the, you know, the, what I decided the answer was, was that it's too much stress. You don't want to stress a plant out right in the beginning of heart, uh, of flowering. You might not uh, mind stressing it out at the very end. So I don't think and, this and, is a terrible and, and idea. It's a balancing of those stresses too. Uh, like does, does the cost-benefit analysis... That makes sense for <laughs> Sure, because at, you know, in the beginning, you're trying to get, you know, bud, you know, mass. In and, the and end, I you're trying to get trikes. At the end of that, they said, don't do a dark cycle. Yeah, JB, you're right. did you do your cost analysis before you used cold water? <laughs> He's looking for the trikes. Well, what are you, you interested in, in volume or trikes? I think anymore, everybody's interested More in trikes than volume. Everything, all the time. <laughs> trikes on trikes good looking buds here man Beautiful. looking at these pictures autos are kicking some arse you know they're they're coming a long way and i gotta get mine started my walter white even though i've never watched that show i'm gonna go some walter white from a festo you should probably watch that show it's an awesome show awesome show yeah just like game of thrones hours. bro take 60 or 70 hours out of your life man and watch i don't know like what TV. i'm gonna do game of thrones is ending my life is over they're anyway. making a, they're making a prequel to it it's the next thing, so. Yeah, I'm sure they'll make a cartoon and a movie and another show and whatever. It'd be a raunchy cartoon. It's like Trailer Park Boys, the cartoon. Anyway, let's stay on point with the growth talk. Here. Yes. First growth talk question, beware of early bud mold. Oh, man. Is there anything more disappointing than bud mold? Because it happens when you've got big, fancy, or, you know, big fat buds and everything's going great. And then you're like, what's that? What's Never happening? gotten it on the indoors, but definitely gotten it on the outdoors. Guys, these grower questions are from dudegrows.com under growing questions and answers. Get your own up. Yep. This is by White Yoshi88. Or White Yoshi Ocho Ocho. Not to be completely confused with the black of Yoshi. <laughs> this is Sup Y'all. White Yoshi here out of the good old greenhouse land of Washington State coming at y'all. With not really a question, but more of an example of what to look out when you're getting later into flower. Mm. This nug is from Green Crack Fino. I nicknamed the Kraken. Ah. <laughs> Grown in peat moss and perlite, basically pro mix, botanic care. Um, this is this is really healthy. This isn't. Let me start hard. Let me back up. Um, day 58, just as this strain is starting to really ripen, it really starts to show. This isn't a healthy bud at all. Yes, this is true, man. When I had bud rot on the outside, it looked mm -hmm. good, and then you open it up, and you're like, oh. Yeah, um, and he's right. Yes, yeah, so as you get later into flower, you kind of want to plant to yellow up or color up, which normally starts at the bottom of the plant, pan, fan leaves, and works its way up, slowly fading, 
as your plant uses up its nutrients. Yep. So yeah, he's so what, he's saying the yellowing always starts from the bottom. With mobile nutrients and a nitrogen deficiency, yellowing is always going to start uh, generally on your fan leaves at the bottom and move its way upward. If it starts at the top uh, with the chlorosis or yellowing, uh, something else is up. Yes, sir. But if you're intentionally trying to do that, I think I've seen it not necessarily when I'm going to flush start just at the bottom. I'm, no, I'm intentionally not trying leaves. to the point. It should pull from the leaves. Your fan leaves, it should pull from them before it pulls from your bud. Gotcha. Okay. Goes, but this yellowing is different. Please notice that it's on the leaf growing directly from the bud. This isn't, oh, okay. This isn't a fan leaf. Mm -hmm. talking about those little parts of leaves that like come out of your bud. It's not actually a whole fan leaf. Yeah. Those fan leaves are solar panels and, and you know, nutrient reservoirs as well. It says this is bud mold at its finest. You want to be looking for this yelling of your nugs so you can hack it out and get rid of it long before it takes hold and names it to the jar. And bud mold, if you have never seen it, it almost looks like like laundry lint inside the buds. It looks like, or you know what, it just looks like strawberry mold. Hey, to, to, um, an, un, to an untrained eye, it can, and if you don't look close enough, frost. it might look like frost. Yeah, if you're lying to yourself, it sure can. <laughs> Good looking pick here uh, as far as if you guys want to, you know, to check out the video show as far as these yellow leaves are very evident. They look out of place coming out of this, right. but it goes, uh, it goes as soon as it take, or what happens I notice is the mold starts for me along the stock top of, or the stock of the top cola. As soon as it takes hold, it kills that leaf, which sometimes causes it to shrivel up and it'll turn yellow. Just be aware of what your plants are doing as much as possible. Catch it early and you can totally get away with losing a nug or two. Let me slip a take or let it slip and take a hold, lose a crop. Right. Be vigilant, be vigilant guys. Keep up the good work. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, usually, like I think I had about a 10% loss on an outdoor, one outdoor plant. It can be horrible if you have, you know, a small crop and most of your buds are affected. But what about peroxide? What about concentrates? I've been desperate enough to spray peroxide on, on, on them before to try to kill. Gonna oxidize trichomes. Yeah, definitely. Sure, I lost quality over it. But uh, yeah, and you know what? That peroxide's nasty too, that 35% peroxide. How do you feel, what option do I have with a plant with flowers that have bud mold that I dried? Can I, should I do concentrates with them? Uh, I, should yeah. I throw them out? One of the easiest ways to clean it up um, and simplest is make water hash out of it. Agua. And make sure that uh, even once you have it separated in the bags that you still run a ton of water over it to just kind of wash away anything that's not a trichome head um, is one way to do it. I think Ooh. if you press rosin, you'd have to really know what you were doing to make sure you weren't squeezing out more mold. Mm, into, into yeah, oil. I feel yeah. But right. yeah, I think water hash, and then I mean, you can obviously press the water hash afterwards, but it would probably be the best thing to do with molded bud. P Thunder, I want a water is my solvent T-shirt. Come on. Adding next grow talk question. Adding CO two on a timer by four twenty NZ. Wonder if that means a New Zealand. Who could? Who would? Isn't Z? Is that the country's abbreviation? NZ? Yeah, I think it so. sure is. It sure is. Beautiful, beautiful country. I am toured. Hey guys, what are your thoughts on adding CO two on a timer? I have bottles for my welder. I have a regulator with a solenoid. We're pretty good to go. But I do not have a controller. On the on one of the recent episodes, dude talks about uh, calculation that can be done. Does anyone have any info or formulas for the calculating this? Keen to add just a little bit until I can afford a controller. Here's a photo of slightly unique moneymaker taken from my garden today. <laughs> my money moneymaker. What does he got? Just the. Uh, That's a little tiny clone, right? Just so. Just so. Huh. He doesn't want to show too, show too much, it looks like. But 
Adding CO2 on a timer. I don't. What do you guys have? Me, there is a, a equation, a CO2 equation. It used volume. To, God, but or, that's well, I mean, there's so many different variables with that to kind of get it dialed in. Right. Where how fast your plants are metabolizing, which I mean, in turn, how much light you have in the room, and how big the plants, the temperature are. of the room, how big the plant, the the actual volume the plants take up in the room uh, versus the volume of the room. There's a lot of different things that come into play that a CO2 controller. Uh, makes easy, makes, automates. Makes it super easy and automates for you. And one of the biggest things with CO2 or anything uh, in terms of your plants is consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can deal with wide ranges of pH as long as it's consistent. Um, they can deal with wide ranges of CO2. And to get the most benefit of it, it has Preach. to be consistent. If it's not consistent or you have huge fluctuations, the plant's metabolism is never really able to like, no. know what's there going is- on. So there, when you have like when you buy a new regulator, usually there's these instructions in the box. I just Googled it. You know, you calculate you're doing the length of your um, grow room and the height and the width. And then you do the desired parts per million. And Those you are can people find this. that just want to sell you a CO2 meter. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying as Guru said that that gives you just the parameter, the best way. But you're already spending a little bit money is to get which we recommend the. The monitor, a CO2 monitor, as well, far as from even, Hydro Farm. What's up? Even monitor controllers. I mean, Guru and I looked. What do we find a monitor controller for? 200 bucks on Two, Amazon? Yeah, $199 on Amazon. And, dude, you can just get an Amazon Prime delivered right to your house. Wink, wink. <laughs> I did I'm pick sorry. up a monitor controller myself, but instead I went to the local grocery store, brick and mortar. Thank you very much. And it was about 230. Okay. That's um, all. By the way, they used to be 600 before this whole rush of, of there are still ones that are 600. This is the very basic one. But on top of that, I always, you know, me, I recommend if you got a thing controlling your CO2, you might as well have another thing monitoring it. So you can look at both those things and say, okay, they're green. You can always go to the grocery store and ask for help with the one you bought on Amazon. You could be that guy. Love those people. (laughs) Dude, you like those people? (laughs) But if you're you're exhausting your garden and all that, uh, there definitely can be any issues. But if you want a baseline, kind of a baseline, you can do the equation of your room length. You get your room volume, and then you put in what type of PPM you want, and they'll give you an idea of your your regulator setting. that's That's assuming that there's no plants in the room, though, that it's an empty room. It's also not taking in the variable of different regulator types, different flow releases. Like, yeah, there's a shit ton of variables. What's Did up? Did he say he has a regulator, though? I don't even know if he, he said does. he got a regulator. He does have a regular, yeah, regulator with solenoid. Don't they yeah. make like old analog CO2 monitor controllers where it's like the like glass tubing? <laughs> I was going to say I had one of those. I knew I was in oh, trouble. Oh, yeah, the guys I know like, what you're talking about. We used to sell those at the grocery yeah, store. I saw, I saw those on Amazon for $79.99. Yeah, suck air into this giant chamber and then uh, you measure the CO2. It looked like a thermometer that you broke the yep. tips off of. Huh. You know, I probably fucked those up. So that being those. said, man, uh, good luck. The one thing I was a guru, what did you think I was going to recommend? You know, if you want to set your timer to release CO2, like as simple as timer was those 15 minute on and 15 minute off tab what, timers. What is the payoff point? If you're going to CO2 is not cheap to go fill that bottle up a bunch. If you can just run it at 700 parts per million or twice ambient, 800 parts per million, you get huge benefit. And yes. you're going to, what is the payoff point? You're going to end up using a much less CO2 because you're using the exact amount that you need. I would say invest that 200 or 250 bucks and get the right tools that you need to do the job correctly. If I totally agree. If you're going to use CO2, you want to see the benefit of seeing of using your CO2. And the best way to see the most benefit is to be super consistent mm-hmm. with it. 
um, and getting it, at least double ambient, which is right around 800 people. Yeah, I don't know how much refills are where he lives as well. That can be definitely a variable. And, you know, let's say you're out, I don't know, maybe on an island in Hawaii. Fucking refill of CO2 is an hour drive and it's 80 bucks. Yeah, you they never know. Import what... that CO2 from, like, I don't know, some other country, probably. I'm just kidding. <laughs> CO2 is <everywhere>. Anyway. <laughs> You got half of this stuff, man. 420NZ, try and get that going. Your garden will benefit, and this is another thing I say. Overall, CO2 is going to help that equation of healthy plants. And when you have healthy plants, you don't have many problems typically. Yeah. So I sit back and scratch my head about, why, dude, I haven't had mites in forever. I haven't had mold in forever. And part of it is definitely having as healthy plants as possible. Healthy soil, healthy plants, healthy people. Hey, it's true. I was talking to my uh, professional grower friends down in Florida, and I was like, "How do you? What kind of pesticides do you use? How do you keep pests off your plants?" He goes, "Grow super healthy plants." And I'm like, "Huh? You think about it, that's what terpenes are for? Terpenes that are ter- to deter bugs, to attract certain beneficials." Yeah, I dig. I dig terpenes. Yeah, but get that meter because you'll be able to also understand and start measuring. It's, it's like trying to grow without a PPM meter. How are you going to know when you put too much in or when there's too little in? How are you going to look at your plants? You were just the one talking them? about throwing handfuls of newts in I, the mixes you know the other day. I do it with the <laughs> PPM meter in there, though. I have a Blue Lab PPM meter that stays in there, and I do it. I go, oh, I just get it between 1,700 and 2,000. Scotty took next week's door prize, guys. You were going to be able to win a blue blood PPM meter, but anyway. Hey, speaking of that, let's uh, – got a couple announcements here. One is uh, shouting out to Christian, man. Alternative healthcare dispensary in Oklahoma is going off, man. Um, what city is this in? Sapulop? Sap? Sapulapa. Man, I'm probably hacking that bad. In Oklahoma, guys, Alternative Healthcare Dispensary is doing a medical marijuana patient drive May 26, uh, which they're going to have. It says $125 for patient recommendation, and veterans are only $80. So What's the name of that them. town, man? Dude, SAP SAP. You, you lop, dude. Don't, people are going to have fun with me. Sapulapa, Oklahoma. I sounds Sapulpa. It, it sounds like the place go for a weekend and stay for a month, you know? <laughs> Welcome's <laughs> going off. This Christian just got a dispensary opened up, so cheers to that. And glad you're trying to get more patients registered. So go check it out, guys. You can give them a call, 918-347-8161, or search Alternative Healthcare Dispensary, Oklahoma, and you'll find them. Very cool. Very Oklahoma, cool. Oklahoma, man. I was just talking with the head lunch with Dinesh Moptic Fuller. He was just out in Oklahoma. I believe Aqua. Oh no, he was going. You said I think Aquaponics Steve's going to Oklahoma. He's leaving today. It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting to see when uh, a new place goes wreck or legal or somewhat legal. All the different influences coming in and people going out to try and get a piece of the action and, and advise people. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You'll see it on one of those TV shows. I'm sure you will. Oh, maybe I would watch that one. I don't know. Yeah, American Gangster. American Greed. <laughs> that's what it would be. American Greed. God, I love that guy, how he narrates on that show. You know, he was the uh, guy, that same guy was the cop from the Cheech and Chong movies that would go the best way to catch a toker. Really? Smoker. Yep, that was him. The guy <laughs> uh, with the electronic pipe. I always wanted one of those. For you Stacey growers Keech. out there, Radical Bags has a, a sale going on right now. Radical Bags on their bigger sizes, uh, 40% off. And on top of that, he's like, hell yeah, stack the coupon code, dude. Give them 50% off. So on the sizes here, if you're growing big, t- this is the time of year too. They got 100 gallons, 200 gallons, 400 gallons, and are you ready? A 600 gallon 
radical bag, which I believe is eight foot circle diameter by two feet tall. Hey, I've seen palm trees grown in two and 300 gallon bags and you can grow a monster very quickly. Bamboo, I've seen the same thing. And bamboos can is a single season crop. These guys go from a three gallon to a, a 15 or a, you know even a hundred gallon within a year. And it's the more roots you give it, the bigger plant you get. The 600 have, gallon one is like the size of a small swimming pool. Yeah, it has multiple handles on it. So you get like right. a group of people People are two people around these bags if you need to move them. But 50% off when you stack coupon code DUDE on top of that. Gardengearsupply.com. They have all kinds of size of radical bags. And on top of that, while, while words are coming out of my mouth, there are a bunch of five-gallon radical bags on the way to the bakery to go into the DGC outlet. For nice. Any DGC, especially members that get the 30% off, are about to buy some bags. Hold off just a sec. I think we're going to get about 100 in stock. So. Hey, and vote with your dollars, by the way. Shane is a really cool guy, friend of the show, supporter of the show, who decided to, you know, he, he seeked us out because he goes, dude, I made the best bags on the market. You know, it, it, quality was what I compete on. These are the best bags going. And he's right. I can buy super cheap bags down in Florida for a buck fifty a piece. I wouldn't grow in them. They're, they are definitely inferior in several ways to somebody like uh, like Shane that actually designed them. That actually gave Andy picked me up at the airport one time in Fresno. You know, he's that kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I love people that uh, decide to compete on quality. It's, you know, I'll toot my own. It's what I decided to do when I made Recharge. I was like, all right, there's a bunch of other products here. Let me take one and make it the strongest, make it the best. And that was how I competed. So it takes one to know one, Shane. Let's move on to Grow Talk about when to flush autoflower plants yes, by Stymie24. Okay. What, I mean, this would be the kind of the same, I would think, here. Let me do some narration. Hello, DGC. So I emailed a few weeks back, so I need to clear some things and answer some things, some of these questions on the show. Yes. First thing I need to clear up is my buddy flipped my calendar early, and when I decided and checked the date, I didn't check the month, only the day, thus putting me, what, forward one whole month. <laughs> Okay, so this, this is a new grower that's really following a, a nutrient schedule, and I guess what happened was it looked like it was maybe one, maybe it says an eight-week veg, and maybe they said it did a four-week instead. On I accident. think this I'm is one sure. of the questions from like a week ago or a follow-up on it, uh, where it, it he said it was like week five of flower. We were like, it looks like week one of flower. Uh, God, I remember that, yeah. Uh, I think it was it was that question. So he's just clarifying that. It really was week one of flower. Um, his his friend just told him the day he started flower, not the month he started flower. So. Hey, this is kind of interesting. It looks like he's a fairly new grower, maybe. I'm, I'm not positive, but it's really cool that they put the nutrients out. Why don't you just look at what he's using? He's got two micro packages, recharge and mammoth pea. Very smart. Make make the nutrients a bit less reactive, less chance of burning. Using a very simple grow and micro. So he's using a Lucas formula of, of a general hydroponics. No, he's got a micro and a bloom oh i'm sorry a micro and a bloom which is that lucas formula oh this was the one where where he he said he was in coco dwc uh, it was it was that one and, and it it's some uh, a different type of system where it's like a cocoa net pot sitting above a bucket with i think air stones and water yeah you can see in the third picture here he's pulling out his net pot insert and um yeah interesting oh yeah this is uh, yeah, okay. Very and then liquid here. dissolved oxygen. Does he have where's that? Because you'll need a shitload. He says of he's this. using a product called dissolved O2. It's liquid dissolved. Uh, that sounds O2. like snake okay. oil. That sounds like snake oil. Now there's a that's... problem. Take a look at those roots. I used to do a shitload of deep water culture, and those are not the kind of roots you want to see. See how they're brown there? 
Yeah, as maintaining as water temperature is a pain in the ass. So let's he, take he's it. in a tin bucket system, too. Yeah, so you've got to get your water temperature down to in the 60s, in the 68 or so, and you've got, and that'll uh, allow the, uh, the water to hold more oxygen, and then you've got to oxygenate that water either with a bunch of air stones, each one in each bucket, and I mean a high-performance air stone, you know, a, a four-inch long glass air stone that you can clean something from an aquarium uh, supply. And ideally, keep your reservoir out of your grow room. Room because then or, your, your reservoir is always going to get to eventually get to ambient temperature in the grow room. Or, or just switch to hempy buckets. Yeah, let's back up. I mean, after this grow, I think he, he said rookie mistake. It's a 10 bucket system. After this grow, I think all three of us are encouraging. Yeah, you get into a different type of system. These systems are you know not as easy to maintain. You got to keep your water temperature on point. Guru, you called BS. Is that I mean, I don't want to shit on a product I know nothing about called liquid dissolved O2. Give me give me so a second of Google. Hey, that's got to be that's got to be hydrogen. Peroxide. I bet you, I bet you this bowl right here that liquid dissolved. Okay, and then moving on, while Guru's figuring that out. As far as the main question here, when to flush with autos? I mean, are you going to? I just basically, or aren't we going to be doing kind of the same thing with our photo period plants? And we checking strikes, getting the feeling like, hey, this is supposed to be a seventy-five day strain. I'm getting close to day sixty. Let's see if this is time. You know what I mean? I wouldn't do anything much different with an auto, would I? No, I don't think so. I mean, you tell me. I know they're very light feeders, so you're feeding this thing very lightly in general. So no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. I mean, forget you're talking to people that I've grown one auto in. Me as well. So guys, I mean, we're we're, we're learning in public here, as the Scotty first, says. The first plant I ever grew was an autoflower. Interesting. Here you go, soup. When, when all else fails, ask soup the gardener. Auto What's seeds should come with an estimate of how long they will take to finish from the breeder. Uh, figure out when you planted them and count that many days forward to an estimate roughly when your plants should be ready to harvest. He says uh, flush about two weeks. So count is very similar to a photo period plant. Yep. Yep. Count back two weeks from your estimated harvest date, and that should give you an idea of when you start flushing. And then as you grow this, anytime you grow one plant, it's very difficult to really know it. It's like the first time, you know, it's the first time you're working with something. Two, three, four times afterwards. That's why running with, going with clones is so much fun or so like hit the ground running because somebody tells you what you should expect. Then you run it once or twice. You, you understand and, and then you can kind of make it your own or at least, at least you're driving. All right. Yeah, I think that'll give some good help. And stymie a 24 there. I hope you get a good harvest and good flushing. I can't find a single liquid dissolved oxygen product anywhere. It just sounds sketchy to me. And Anytime. then like look, looking at the picture, it's called direct output and I can't find it anywhere either. So I'm, pro- I'm calling snake oil. Problem with single dissolved oxygen problems is they're indiscriminate. I'm sorry, I should say uh, hydrogen peroxide because that's what you do to roots like that. You want to keep them pearly white and kill the pythium in them. You uh, douse them with like a 30, 35% hydrogen peroxide and get it a chemical, uh, you know, a janitor supply store. But the problem is that's an indiscriminate killer. So you've just, you've just killed every micro good and bad in there, which is a, a big problem. Now it's just ready for that pythium to come back again. Ready for, yeah, for anything to come on in and yeah. hang out. Yeah, so you don't want to need to use those products. You want to be able to inoculate the root zone. And to do that, you got to give them a place to live. So let them live in that cocoa. I don't know if you saw those roots, but they look good up in the cocoa. Those are the ones sitting down in the water. All right, we've got two more Grow Talk questions, but we might as well see who's slinging some recharge and maybe give away a 5x5 five five Gorilla Grow Tent, you know? Come on. Who do we got, Guru? Something up. Well, a couple grow, guys been- grow Generation is expanding hugely in the Northeast. They got three new stores opening up in Manchester, New Hampshire, York, Maine, and 
Bidford, Maine. Yeah, Growth Generation's been been good. They've been they've they've been an earner. I don't know. Can we make them? Uh, I don't know. We might have to upgrade there. <laughs> Growth Gen, yeah, they're actually, I guess, nationwide, East Coast, West Coast. Yeah, they are Colorado. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do we give them a Growth Generation worldwide stamp? Perfect. That works. Uh, if you guys have been listening, you know we got a five by five gorilla grow tent to give away here. Uh, appreciate everybody that's supporting us at ten dollars a month, and especially people that are getting hooked up on some of this gear. What have we done so far? We did a uh, extra craft source turbo. We did a spectrum king yes, four hundred. We've also given away a rapid LED uh, for five by five chilled logic. So trying to nice. keep these bigger prizes for the members on point. And today. The 5x5 Gorilla Grow 10 is going to, oh, I was going to say that, that grower question, Raymond Rushing. Raymond Rushing. All right. So what are you debating? I you don't think Raymond name. Rushing could be a legit name? I don't, I don't know. I hope, I hope he's not listening at work. Actually, if he's listening <laughs> Raymond, at work. I hope you are needing a 5x5 Gorilla Grow tent. We'll get in contact with you and work it out. And guys, I always, I, I, everybody that wins one of these, this gear, I talk to them person, not well, personally over the phone. So just make sure if you really need this, we can always check what else is in the DGC gear closet or maybe line you up with another DGC member. So right. don't think these items aren't going to people and aren't going to growers. So far, everything has gone to a grower that's been using it, which has been awesome. Hey, so um, you, you have to ahead. meet somebody to be personal? You know, you can't um, talk to somebody personally yeah. over the phone? Well, Skype, no, Videos, but, video chat on Skype. I mean, what, it's not impersonal, right? You're talking person to person. Uh, this is where we <laughs> might differ when we say, yeah, like how many friends you got? And then I say, wait a minute, are you talking about ones that you've met and like hung out with? Or are you just talking about like virtual shit? I hang out with JR they're... all the time, most days. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, anyway, if you if you want a chance to win other grow gear, dude's door prize is going on right now on the homepage. Uh, the Pulse Environmental Monitor is up. Anybody, you don't have to be a member, you don't have to be giving us any support. You can just go there and register to win the door prize with your email, and that's happening weekly. So yes. check that out as well. You don't have to give anything. You can just take. <laughs> and thanks to the Gorilla Grow Tents, guys, I uh, actually just took down my 5x9 in the move process right now uh, for help support the show. And, and actually, they've been supporting the show for a while. They gave us our first studio tent. Yeah, they were. They're, they're actually really cool. Always been. All right. Let's see here. Oh, Curing and Mold by yes, Johnny Chimpo. Is that where we're at here? <laughs> Johnny Chimpo yes. says, well, I think I messed up and got mold. My cannabis was smelling like hay. No, you do not want it to smell like hay. Damn. I went to burp two jars and I saw white residue on a few buds. Not oh. all are covered and it looks like it's in the beginning stages. Is my weed trash now? Can I make edibles out of it or smoke still or rosin or am I screwed? Is there a middle school around? <laughs> Could I say that or just think it? Um, you know, depending on the degree, this happened to me, guys, this can happen when you think your flower's done and it's not, and you don't burp your jar enough, or you put either too much or your buds stick together. Sometimes buds will stick together in like a big ball too much and it can create a micro environment inside that and you'll get some mold going. I believe I wrote a song about this, man. I lost like a QP to this one time. It was kind of annoying, even though yeah. I had plenty more, so it worked out. But, uh, 
I mean, you shouldn't smoke anything with mold on it. I actually no. smoked some of mine, Scotty, because I was <laughs> reading up on it and was like, well, as long as you don't have a compromised immune system, you're probably going to be okay. <laughs> you're, All right, I you're a pothead. But um, seriously, it does. You immediately when you when you smoke it, you're like, fuck, this is wrong. Should not be smoking this shit. No more. Yeah, and the hay smell is not good. So get rid of anything that you think has mold on it. I mean, refer to what we said earlier about making water hash. Yeah. As far uh, rosin, I'm not an expert on on making rosin out of moldy or you know bud I, mold. I have a feeling though that if if you squish bud mold with a little heat and pressure, it's just going to come out in your oil. Like that, that's not going to get rid of the bud mold or clean it up in any way. The main way to do that would be to make water hash, and then you could press that into rosin. Or you could use the source, actually, the extract craft. That thing's got, uh, uh, uses alcohol. I bet if the alcohol's a solvent, that would clean it up, no? Uh, I think it's going to dissolve the biologicals into the solution. It's certainly going to deactivate it biologically. I mean, good for edibles. Be safe, at least. Yeah. But water hash, I think you could you could certainly do it. What what would you do? Grind this up, dry it, uh, uh, dry it out, or just grind it up and put dry ice in there and just shake it. I would uh, kind of break up the buds a little bit and put them in the ice water and wash it that way. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and if anybody else has any other experience, we got some comments on here. This is uh, Maestro says, drawing wet bud is a recipe for disaster. You probably fucked up. <laughs> do not smoke a moldy bud. You can make bubble hash. Just wash it very well. So no mold is left in the water. In the future, do not drop your butt at least a month after chop at all. My butt is never jarred. Just leave it in the environment. Well, he also lives in Florida. Right. Joe, your, it your is butt. different, brother. It is different. You can just leave, uh, you know, a bud that's wet. Tanazi brought me some bud. It needed to still be burped. I left it open for four hours and I screwed up. It's like it's like being in a dehumidifier here. Uh, Johnny Chimpo says, well, shit. I pressed the other half that didn't have any on it, but was still in the same jar, and I'm not familiar with bubble hash. Hopefully I can salvage something more than a few grams of dabs. Just really sad when all your four months' work goes down the piper. Come on, make this some bubble my... hash out of it. Get yourself some bags. Get a little bit of dry ice. I know that's cheating. People will bitch at me, but it's so easy. And shake that shit, and then even that if you press it. Fuck it, you know, or at least, you, I don't know, I've made really beautiful bubble hash before. <laughs> My shirt says, ice. careful pressing water. moldy buds. The mold could get trapped in the oil. I've had friends ruin pounds of bud due to being impatient, and Scotty even wrote a song about it. Ah, he's so right. Here. Thank you, Maestro. You're tried and true, brother. All right. We got to, should we just play just a little of this song, maybe? Cry in parody? <laughs> Are we allowed to, Guru? <laughs> Come on. Let's see what happens. All right. Jam out to this for a sec. We'll back with another Grow Talk. We put in the time And we grew the perfect harvest Went out to have fun After harvest time But when will I learn The buds that grow the largest Still holding some water May still need some time Just back that shit up We'll be gone for just a bit All I know is When I woke up the next day It was shit They were trying when I left to Go party Now it's melting Shit is my weed 
all right, hopefully you guys enjoyed that jam. <laughs> and if YouTube didn't get to cut it out or whatever. Oh, we got okay. too many good parodies. We've got to hear more of those. Yeah, I mean, that one, though, really resonated with me. We all fucked that up in the beginning, so please don't don't get down on it. And at least there are some options. Water hash. Ah, the first time, I think I was trying to, trying to sling like a pound or something, like my first or second harvest to some guy I kind of knew when I moved to Fort Collins, and he's like, dude, this doesn't smell right. It's like, you don't want it to smell like hay. And I'm like, shit, shit. <laughs> All right. So next Grow Talk question here. Yes. What newts to add at flower cycle? Greeting dudes, Scotty Guru and GDC from deep down under prohibition land. I'm currently six weeks into flower with two white widow photo periods grown in cocoa, soil, and perlite mix. And under LED, currently using a two-part A and B grow. No, and I just want to congratulate him. It sounds like you got. It sounds like you listen to the right people. This is good stuff. This is. Uh, I don't know what to say. Okay, a two-part an A and B grow and an A and B flower newt with a CalMag, a P and pH balanced water. Curious who's got a very like this would be equivalent to me using like Arg Screen Solutions back in the day. A and B. And recharge was it, but he's got a CalMax. He's got a pretty simple base set here. Sure. Curious what add extra news to add during flower. Would you recommend for me um, some dank nugs happening? This is my first grow after stumbling upon your podcast. Beautiful. It's improved my knowledge and understanding of how this beautiful yet wickedly evil plant can be grown to its full potential. Ah, that's funny. My plan is to endure the trials and tribulations of the first-time marijuana farmer clone the healthiest of my two gals, and the second time around, bring the dank. You got the idea. You got it. Yes. All right. I don't want to be a shameless plug for recharge, but add you some soil microbes. As you say, he's got- 100%. First thing I add. There. The, the soil microbes make the, the plants much less reactive. It acts like a buffer. And so the, the nutrients, the A and B nutrients, the, the CalMag, it goes into the microbes, and the microbes deliver it to the, to the plant, basically to the roots, under some kind of weird signaling that's going on between them. And that's that's what you want. That's how the, the plant gets the right nutrient at the right time. So earthworm castings are loaded. If you want to start making earthworm teas, they're loaded with good nutrients. I have recharged. That is a, a very good micro package. And there's and it's 100 percent. I consider it a bloom at it's not specifically for bloom, but it's right. going to up your game. I have never been a fan of there's a product like bloom boosters out there. High phosphorus products. Let's Unless talk about those real quick. So what those are is, is the, the theory is that you need more phosphorus. Nitrogen is more of a of a you know green growth kind of thing and phosphorus is more used for flower development along with also going to affect your microbes if you're using microbes as well though right? and those high phosphorus potassium things like realistically they're not much different than like a zero ten ten or something like that right just because it's and you, you use less of the zero fifty thirty or than you would yeah it's just with a smaller number it's just spiking up your p and k I'm all for like bloom additives though. I used to do different things when back in my days before I, I'm a, I've quit my addiction to bat guano now. I don't use guanos anymore. I used to top dress some some different guanos, but the one I think a few grow talks ago, I promised to bring back a little more information on this product. Massive that I like to use in flowering. Uh, source of tricanol, it's from Green Planet Nutrients. I've used it for many, many, many years, and I like it, and mainly because um, it's like got a bunch of different things. I actually have their flyer thing here. Um, amino acids, vitamins, tricantinol, enzyme activators, and a carbohydrate blend, as well as hitting on chelated mineral profile and lower molecular weight humid acid. And I know some of that sounds like some marketing coming at you. I'm after the tricantinol in this product. There's not a ton of products out there 
that will readily admit they have it in the process that they get their tricatinol from bee waste. Yeah, what do they like do? The, they steal from the souls of bees or something? <laughs> yes, they steal. They say here in the, the literature, due to an extensive, extensive extraction process and high expense, tricantinol is not found in many products. So it says we use a unique series of extraction techniques to ensure a consistent and powerful source. Uh, I need to visit them. Actually, they're not far from me because that is one of the things that puts this product out there is their extraction process. I don't know if it's like patent or whatever. Right. There's not many companies that have the ability to get tricantinol the way or if any company the way they are. Um, so I'm after that totally, as well as the, uh, what do you, how do you say, gibberellic, gibberellic Gibberellins, you want some, you, you got the gibberellins yes. you're looking for? You were, we were just talking about this before the show. Did you, Guru, you were saying those affect trichome development? Uh, or? gibberellins, um, or I think if you're going to actually try to find somewhere to be like GA3 will affect the size of, uh, glandular trichome heads that are there. And then, uh, like jasmonic acids and stuff can play around. And these are all, uh, growth hormones or natural growth. hormones. And by the way, you can screw up so badly. I used to think that when I had the bamboo nursery or I still have it, but when I first got it, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to use all these tricks. Any trick in the book, these growth hormones or PGRs are the, the fastest way to screw things up and make mutant plants, by the way. So be very careful with them. Oh, oh, because if you overdo it with jasmonic acids or gibberellins, you can end up with like huge fox tail just turn your buds into giant yep. foxtails of yep. everything which weirdly though if you use both of those you can increase the amount of glandular trichome heads and sure. the size of glandular trichome heads because they're bigger there's some argument as to whether that's just extra waxes being put into it. right it's actually mm. more mm. uh cannabinoids and terpenes so and hey, i have to go with some of jaron's tips mr third place with the uh crazy mac that looked great i'd have to say he uses what winter frost correct Mm-hmm. Uh, so there and uh, green sensation, which we have been putting in the store. I would say try those or the outlet. Sorry, um, I just look to people that grow dank and ask them what they do. Yeah, about for that. That's why I'm, I'll try and get a hold of these cats. I wouldn't mind getting some massive for the DGC out there. I am confident it's a product that you're going to see increased weight and quality with. I know you guys as growers hear this shit all the time. Bloom enhancers, bloom additives, bloom boosters is one of the most like marketed, sometimes BS areas as a grower. It's, it's, What's so, that? it's so cheap to make. Put a 0, 50, 30. That's a $1 per pound product. And then put a little image of an atomic bomb on the packaging and call it a bloom boost. What and is sell that? for stuff? 40 bucks. I mean, think about it. That's what, I, I don't even, Jesus, I can't even do the math. Is that 4,000%, 40,000? I don't know. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, let's see. What else we got? I mean, that's about it for today's growth talk, guys. I am about to head out and uh, move my studio, setting up a new studio. So I will be out of the fold for just a little bit, as they say. Uh, check out everything at dudegrows.com. You guys can go enter in the door prize over there. You can get your grower questions up and get your dank nugs up. Don't forget to check us out over on Cannabuzz, hashtag dudegrowshow. Cannabuzz app is in all your Play stores on all your devices. Yeah. And I don't know what else you got, Scott. Hey, we're going to try. I've got a couple things brewed up while you're on vacation, dude. We're going down to Denver. going to check out a grow. And uh, we've got a couple, what do they call, what is it called? Cannabis myth, myth busters, some little shorts that are going to come out. So stay tuned for those. I really enjoyed it. What about the uh, 710, 710 celebration, concentration celebration? What's going on with that? Absolutely happening. Just email me if you want tickets. Uh, tickets sh- should be on sale by the time this hits. So just email, if not, you- you'll be on the list. But uh, just hit us up, dgccup at gmail.com. And that is looking to be ape shit. I got to be honest, that is looking to be one hell of a party. 
I have the weekend after 710, so July 13th in Denver, Colorado. Yes, dude, you're going to be mad at me because I told every single uh, uh, sponsor, every single dab company that they can just pay me in dabs. Just bring enough dabs <laughs> to the party. <laughs> And, oh, I don't want to ruin the party, guys, but I am not going to be able to make this party, unfortunately. It is uh, my wife's 40th birthday that weekend, and you can't play games with that, I've been told. Uh, you cannot. You cannot. Uh-huh. Wait, she doesn't like, want to you... come to the concentration celebration? <laughs> nah, she does not. She's not anti by any means, but... Uh, it's weird. Nah, my wife's not nearly as excited about it as I am either. <laughs> All right, I think that's it for now. Raymond Rushing, congrats on that Gorilla Grow tent. Everybody yes, else, uh, at June 15th, we've got the Spectrum King coming and working on more gear for the crew. We do some shout-outs? Yeah, I got to fire it up. I got a shout-out to our boy, Jaron. Jaron just had a brand-new baby. I asked him for a green sensation this morning. Congrats. Texted me, he texted me a picture of his beautiful baby. Congratulations, brother. And, Did you text her back and say, what the hell, that's not green sensation? <laughs> hey, strictly business. Van Ripster, shout out to you, brother, and the mighty Moby Dill. What's up, brother? What's up, T-Boss? How you doing, man? Been a bit. The fish, the ganja guy. What's up, man? Got about Wash Grown and Mount Hood OG, representing the Northeast. Chuck Diesel up in the Northwest, sir. (laughs) Northwest. Chuck Diesel in the Northwest as well. What's up in Michigan, Matt? Yeah, Uncle Jim and Oregon Coast Genetics. I'm just thinking about all these all these folks that have told me they're coming to the 710 Cup, and I can't wait to see them all. It's going to be great. I'll, I'll give a last but not least. J.R. Token, what's up, man? Hope you're healing up, buddy. Yeah, J.R. Token set us up with a wacky interview today. I mean, I'm even afraid to say anything about it. It seems so wacky, but I'll let you know. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yes. Guys, peace out. Stay high. Take it easy, dude. Some people love to blaze up the deck. Yeah, we get happy for noon. And when the boss says is to take a little break, that means we're lighting up a tune. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to keep a good buzz on, on, on. It's just weed. It's just weed. In my toolbox, there's a bomb. Some people start their day off with a pill. It's what the doctor says to do. They shake their heads at natural medicine. Go ahead and try something new. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to keep the good vibes on. It's just weed. It's just weed. I like to smoke it out day long.